thing is, until you can erase three Februaries, shut up. Quality over quantity. LeBron has beaten some of the best competition in NBA history. He's the GOAT emoji. I will not cuss. I will not cuss. I will not swear. I will not swear. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. Oh, excuse me. There we go. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Brian Snow Show, where sports is the base. <clears throat> I beg your pardon. And life is the result. I'm going to talk to a couple of really, really great friends of mine. Uh, Rod Peterson, the man in charge and the host of the Rod Peterson Show. He'll join me here in a few moments. And uh, Clark Monroe, the super producer of said show. He'll join me at the bottom of the hour. I got. A, I had a question sent to me of why I started this particular show. Well, I wanted to do something in the afternoons as well as, uh, as well as in the mornings. And I just wondered what it would be like to have a show with my namesake on it. Now I had this plan for mornings, but at the time I planned it, it didn't sound right. At least to me, at least to me, it didn't sound right. So I shelved it, and I converted it to what you all hear now in the morning, Snowman in the morning. And I don't know what hit me, but at the top of this year, 2023, I figured, the heck with it. I'll try it. Well, I've gotten a little bit of a following for it, as well as Snowman Multimedia. And, uh, of course, I'm, uh, the morning show is uh, gaining a lot more of a following. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Rod West is the first one in this afternoon. He says, what's up? What's up to you? Uh, waiting on Rod Peterson to join me. Here's how um, Here's how I got hooked on the Rod Peterson show. And believe me, I'm hooked on. I, I got hooked on that show. I was in North Carolina. Um, I was in North. I, I was in North Carolina. And I was on a break at work. And I was wondering, um, you know, what, what could be on? And I just happened to look on, uh, I just happened to look on Facebook and I saw this show and it just, it just got, it, it just got my attention. And I listened to it for the time that I was on break. And the next thing I knew that same day, I wound up reaching out to this man and saying, Hey, can I have you on for an interview? And he said, Sure. And he and I have been brothers at arms ever since. Here's Rod Peterson. He joins me right now. Good afternoon, Rod. How you doing, Snowman? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you okay. just fine. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. I it said that my uh, device wasn't supported. Oh, and he just froze. Dog. I mean, the snowman are always compatible. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's it's weird how we. It's weird how we got hooked up because I had you on my show, and then a week later I was on yours, and that was uh, three years ago. Come on. Yes, I consider you a brother. I consider you a friend, and, you know, whenever we talk sports, it's it's always fun, so it's great to have you on. It's easy. Some would say we're good at what we do. I don't know. (laughs) Some would would say that, as Rod supports the – 
Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Grey Cup was in Saskatchewan uh, this past November. You were there. Talk to me about that experience. What was that like? Uh, it was fun. It was the Canadian Super Bowl, right? So it's a really almost a half century. So it's a big deal, man. All of Canadian football came yeah. to Saskatchewan and this beautiful facility. It was the first time we'd hosted that championship in that stadium. I say we because you don't live somewhere for a half century and forget about it you know, the second that you leave. Right. So it was a it was a great game. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm so forward focused. I'm thinking about NFL playoffs this weekend, so I'm trying yes. to think what the heck was it? It was Toronto Winnipeg in the Grey Cup, Toronto. which I had called, which I had called in July. I said you did, you did. I remember the day you blue called that Grey Cup, and that's exactly what happened. I, I remember you called that 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 matchup. The NFL playoffs are indeed this weekend. Which game are you looking forward to the most? To, to, to watching and, like, really, really breaking down? You know the answer to that question. <laughs> it's, the Dallas, it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think that I'm going to have to take sleeping medication or something <laughs> to be sedated. Oh, what? What, man? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Um, why, why are you going to take sleeping medication for that game? Well, I'll probably bet on it. <clears throat> and I would encourage any of your viewers right now to sign up at betregal.net and get a free account and bet this bet, bet away yes. this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I'm just thinking about the line. The Cowboys are favored by two and a half going into Tampa mm-hmm. to face Tom Brady, a, a, a quarterback they've never beaten. Right. Ever. Right. I don't. I don't honestly understand why the Cowboys are favorites on the road, but that's the game that's got me. I'm already tied tied up in knots, as you can see, and it's five days away. <laughs> you know, well, you know the game I'm going to watch. It's going to kick off the wild card. San Francisco, game. Seattle. Yeah, at San Francisco and Seattle, Frisco's laying nine and a half at home in Santa Clara, and I've had so many people come to me saying, "Well, it's tough to beat a team for a third time." No, it's have not. Y'all seen, have y'all seen how San Francisco has improved over the course of the season and the fact that they've won 10 in a row? You know what? I can't stand that phrase. And I've been around football people my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's, But it's not about football. It's a common sense thing. Yeah. Because um, I remember even in my time at CFL, we were playing Calgary. We'd beaten them with Saskatchewan here. We'd played them three times in the regular yeah. season. And we were, we were to play them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine was is a coach on Calgary. He's like, "Oh, it's hard to beat a team four times in a year." I'm like, "No, it's not. Right. Not over that much better than you." Thank which you. Is what, which is what San Francisco is over Seattle. So, yeah, I'm 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 not surprised. That's a pretty whopping line of nine point five. I'm not surprised either, and I'm I'm willing to bet that it'll go up before before kickoff on Saturday. I know why some people are saying that to me because. Um, they're saying it's tough to beat a team three times in a row. And I'm like, have you seen the games? Have you seen how Seattle got Molly Wapped not once but twice? Second time to clinch the division on Thursday night football. I mean, I don't understand that phrase either. And I've been around football 40-plus years. I don't understand that phrase either. Even with a third-string quarterback, mm-hmm. Mr. Mister Irrelevant, they're favored by nine and a half at home, yes. which tells you – which tells you Another phrase that I like is, this doesn't need to be close. 
but I don't think I don't think it will be. I mean, it's a good story. It's a good story. Right. If you if you like the Seahawks or liked the Seahawks mm-hmm. in the Russell Wilson era, and did you know pe- people have very strong opinions on Pete Carroll? Yes. For and against. You know, personally, yeah. I like him. I've had friends that have played for him, and they really like him a lot. Right. But to see the divorce between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks go the way that it did, mm-hmm. th- that would be a reason to pull for Seattle if you weren't mm-hmm. a Russell Wilson fan. But I, I, I literally don't care about Russell Wilson or the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> so I'm pulling for the 49ers for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'll put, I'm going to wind up putting some cheese on that game, and I am going to go to Bet Regal to, to make that bet because. I don't see any kind of way Seattle stays close in that game. The only time they stayed close was um, the first half of the Thursday night game when it was 7-3, to three, and then Seattle coughed up the football, made it 14-3. Niners get the ball coming out of halftime. Purdy to Kittle makes it 21-3, and the game's, and the game's over by then. I, I don't see how Seattle keeps now, this close. having said all of that, there's odds maker. Yeah, you know – the upsets happen. Yes. And to be honest with you, there's always an upset. I would have to go back to last weekend, last year's wildcard weekend, because mm-hmm. there was, if I recall, two upsets that weekend, I think. I have to go back and look. Yeah. You probably remember. But um, this ain't this ain't going to be one of them. No, it's not. <laughs> Any other games you're looking forward to watching this weekend? Yeah. Um, the Jacksonville game, obviously, because I got a good friend in uh, Henry Burris is the offensive quality control coach with with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So, and I was a Trevor Lawrence fan uh, going back to Clemson. Yeah, and and I'd started to hear about Trevor Lawrence even when he was in high school. Right. My scout, my scout friends were like, "Man, you got to watch this guy." You know, Trevor Lawrence, and so having him almost get ruined by Urban Meyer last year. Mm-hmm. And and then see the renaissance under Doug Peterson this year, and my guy Hank. Um, I'm pretty big into that game too. I mean, they all they all have their reasons to watch, right. right? But I don't care about the LA Chargers. I don't care about them at all. So those are the two games on Saturday, Niners yeah. and Jags that I'll be pulling for, and I see no reason why they shouldn't be able to win. The one game I want to see <clears throat> a re- a reverse half. I want to see the Giants beat the Vikings. Because I've said all year the Vikings were frauds, even given even given their record, and they and the Giants nearly beat them in Minnesota four weeks ago, and I want to see them complete the I want to see them complete the job this time. Well, this is the this is the Vikings that we were told were coming, right? Right, and there's a lot of talent there. They they Kirk Cousins didn't do this alone, but no, no, no quarterback does other than Tom Brady. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> right? But Justin Jefferson is, you know, when you talk about breaking Chris Carter's all-time record, single-season all-time records uh, there in Minnesota, this guy's doing something. I guess it's single-season. Yes. But they're a very talented football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't – that might be the upset. I, I think the Vikings are favored by four, but the, the Giants got something going under Dable, yeah. obviously. Uh, him yeah. and Doug Peterson probably favorites to be coach of the year. I haven't seen the odds on that, but – Mm-hmm. That should be a good game. And hey, we do have to spend a minute on the Dolphins because I'm here yes. in South Florida, and uh, the fortunes of this fan base, man, are up and down like a toilet seat. Yes, just un all, like exhausting to the point where I had to turn the radio off the last couple of weeks because they didn't even think the Dolphins were going to make the playoffs on that five game losing streak. I'm talking about the media here, 
and a lot of the fans. And lo and yes. behold, here they are going mm-hmm. to Buffalo in a game that they're they're going to be down to their third string quarterback too, just like the 49ers. And you tell me, because you know Mike McDaniel from San Francisco days, mm-hmm. if the 49ers run the third string quarterback in favor to win, why can't the Dolphins? Well, I, I tell you why, because the, all the entire media in Miami is so hooked on Tua. And they don't understand that Tua's health has to come first. But there's no reason why the Dolphins can't uh, use their third-string quarterback to pull off a win. But at the same time, they got to do it on the road. They got to do it at Rich Stadium in Buff- in uh, Orchard Park. There's no. This is the playoffs. Anything can happen to anyone. I mean, hell, we got beat in 1990 by Jeff Hostetler, backup quarterback for the for the Giants, and the Giants beat us, the 49ers, with five field goals. They didn't even score a touchdown in that in a well, championship. My my point on the two thing, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Um, mm-hmm. The 49ers have won games with Brock Purdy, and nobody expected that to happen. Right. But with with the uh, with the Dolphins and Tua, they're going on the road. They're playing probably the best team in the AFC, mm-hmm. and they don't just have to play the Bills. They got to play all of society because of the Demar Hamlin situation. Yes. So I guess my point is there's people in Miami going, why are we even going up there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? This this is going to be ugly. And I think it will be ugly. When they announced Tua was out on Wednesday, the line went from Bills by 8 to Bills by 13 and a half. 13 and a half, yep. Ed Bet Regal. So. Yeah, 13 and a half is is that spread and it's 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 going to get ugly. And like you said, they got to play all of society. They not only have to play the Bills, they have to play all the um Playoff society with the Demar Hamlin situation, and kudos to Demar Hamlin, and his T-shirt sales are going to be off the hook. His foundations, his foundations has brought has brought in a lot of money, and I'm so happy that he's out of out of the hospital. Does he play? Do you think he plays again? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if he played in this game. Mm-mm. Um, that's a really good question. If it's up to him, the que- the, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance. The I didn't. I didn't think he'd survive it, dude. Me neither. I did not think he'd survive it. And you look at what you've been through, and I haven't been through in my life what you've been through, but I've been through some some stuff too. Mm-hmm. And for Tamar Hamlin to have been saved, there's a reason for that. Uh, and his purpose might not be playing football anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's to be an inspiration to people that have been through stuff like this. I don't know hey. football. Football right now shouldn't even be his focus, I don't think. And, and you know what gets lost in this, in the whole DeMar Hamlin situation? What he's, Not only is he doing for his foundation, but for his hometown of Pittsburgh. Well, he's, honestly, I didn't even know who he was until this year. You know, he was a fringe player. I don't even think he started 30 games for mm-hmm. the Bills going. He's on, what is he, in his second year? Yes. So um, I didn't know too much about the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more you read, you realize this is a solid dude now. You know, he was raising money and and doing things for the community long before he was Demar Hamlin. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's yeah. the real deal. He's the real deal, which just made people fall in love with him even more, which is why he's got God on his side and the Bills mm-hmm. this this Sunday. Yeah. So I, they're going to destroy the Dolphins. Yeah, they are. They are. Hmm. I don't see. I don't see the Dolphins hanging hanging with them. And you're right about the the fan base and the media in Miami and how much of a roller coaster their emotions have been on. 
And as soon as they announced that Tua was ruled out on Wednesday, <laughs> quick dive. And it was a it was a quick dive and it was a it feels like they feel like it's a it's a death blow. And in many instances, it is. We're going to find out. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty good rallying cry, but we're going to find out what this Dolphins team is all about. I mean, Brian, we can sit. That's one thing I've loved about spending all this time in America. In Canada, we talk about really one sport, hockey. Right. Hockey. In America, you guys got so much stuff between NFL, college football, hockey, if you want, everything else. We could sit and talk about the Dolphins for two hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they win if Tua plays. They lose if he doesn't. Yeah. And, and that's that's it. He's the whole team, you know. And it's just interesting to look at Brian Flores getting being fired last year because he wasn't a Tua guy. And I'm like, how can right. you not be a Tua guy? Mm-hmm. How can you not be? He's the whole franchise, you know. Yeah, he is. A, he is the franchise. But I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the game. I'm going to watch this weekend and hearing the results from uh, from the others. You going to any? You going to? Uh, you, you got any games you're going to this weekend? No, I. Um, it's funny you say that because Ryan Leaf was on my show today, and as you probably know, heck mm-hmm. of a story. He's doing yes. college football anal- analysis on ESPN. He's doing mm-hmm. NFL color on Westwood One. Mm-hmm. He's doing studio stuff for Sirius XM. And I said, "What's better, being at the game, calling it, or being in the studio?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, you can't beat walking into the stadium. You can't beat being there. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's what you think. But I'm like, I just enjoy sitting here, right here. This is my set where we do the show every day, dude. We got a new backdrop I there. It. I love yeah. it. And I'm like, I only go to the games. I like to go because I want to, not because I have to. Right. So I'm not going to any NFL games. I'll probably, I think the Florida Panthers are home to the Vancouver Canucks Saturday night. I think mm-hmm. that's probably what I'm going to do. Uh, the two games that I really want to watch in the NFL are the Dolphins and the Cowboys Bucks. And so the Panthers game Saturday night won't interfere with either. So that's have, my plan. I haven't been to a hockey game since the Blackhawks clinched in 2015 against Tampa Bay. And boy, I thought I'd lost my ears and my throat at other championship games I went to in my hometown. That one, that one, clinching on home ice. Oh, boy. I, I thought I wouldn't make it out of there because people, well, people are so crazy. You've been a little busy. You had a few things going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a little thing called COVID, too. Yeah. Which has limited our sports uh, attending. Yeah, so. it has. It has. What are you been going to live games in the last six months to a year? I've done a lot of uh, high school games. I uh, see that. I covered uh, Lewisburg College when I was back in North Carolina for a while. And uh, remotely, I covered uh, University of North Carolina, Greensboro. And there may be a chance I cover them again. But this time being at the stadium and not uh, doing it remotely. So we'll have to we'll we'll have to see we'll have to see what the spring plans are. That's Rod Peterson, the man, the legend, the host of the Rod Peterson Show. Always a pleasure to have you on, my man. I love you very much. Thanks for coming on today. Rod Peterson joining us here on on the program. Take a break. I'll give you my thoughts on uh, the NFL playoffs, and then Clark Monroe will join me. We're gonna talk some hockey. 
when y'all get back. So this thing called sports, it has fans again. It has full stadiums, full arenas, and more. And you want to be a part of it, don't you? Of course you do. If you begin to scour the resale market, there will be tickets available. And what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high-potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus. Smarter than energy. Well, we've had one half of our Canadian connection here on the show this afternoon. Here's the other half. Producer Clark is in the house with me. Good afternoon, sir. How's it going, Brian? I can't escape Rod. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which matchup are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh, well, there's one in particular that has my eye, especially in the NHL, uh, and that has to be Toronto versus Boston on the week on Saturday night. The yes. marquee game. Uh, these are the top two teams in the league right now, Brian, uh, and they're in the same division. And if you mm-hmm. know, uh, for for your listeners out there, that means uh, that they have to eventually, if potentially, play each other uh, in the playoffs because how the NHL works, of course, is it's not one one versus eight, two versus seven in the playoffs. You stay within right. your division for the first two right. rounds. Uh, so that just uh, – it just goes to show that how good – uh, the Maple Leafs are and how, how screwed they are with the current playoff format because even though they're the second best team in the league, they're not even first in their division. That's how good the Boston Bruins have been this season. The Bruins have been absolutely fantastic this year. Toronto has had a, a great turnaround. But what does Toronto have to do to get out of the doldrums and actually make some noise in, in the playoffs? Well, first, first things first, they got to get by Boston because you know they're going to see each other. Yeah, well, even first things first, before that first thing, is that they probably have to end up getting by Tampa Bay, who's obviously uh, been so successful over the last three years, three straight Stanley Cup finals, two of those being mm-hmm. championships. Uh, and right now they're, like, they're like locked into a playoff matchup. Like, it's, it's, it's all signs are pointing that way right, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you see Toronto with a 26-9-7 and record this season. 59 points. Obviously, we talked about Boston. They've only lost four games in regulation all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tampa Bay is right behind both of them uh, with eight points less than Toronto. But that kind of, it just, like I said, it's lining up for Toronto to play Tampa again in the first round, which obviously uh, brings back traumatic memories for a lot of Leafs fans from last <laughs> season. Uh, and for good reason. And for, for seasons gone by as well, Toronto's obviously had that really odd playoff uh, non-success streak. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, I think what Toronto has to do, uh, 
they, they definitely have a different identity this year, Brian, which is one thing that I've really, as a fan myself, and I, I will be a little bit biased here as a fan, but um, oh. I've appreciated their their new approach this season. They have a different identity this season as a team overall. They've, they've revamped their forward group so that the bottom six of their 12 forwards um, have a little bit more tenacity to them. They're a little bit more forechecky, more more physical, um, maybe not as gritty as some people might like, but just the way that those guys have, have all put have played on a night in night out basis. Um, it's a definitely a different look than last year. Whereas last year, those guys, they, they tried to have a bit more of a skillful bottom six, mm-hmm. um, but this, this year they've gone to a little bit more lunch pale blue collar, uh, approach. And, and they've, they, that's been echoed in some of the guys that they've added. So that's definitely one thing that's changed. They've been getting some goaltending this year which has been a problem for the last couple of years. Right. Um, obviously, a couple of guys that they brought in. Matt Murray has won two Stanley Cups, but he's had nothing but problems for the last few years since. Uh, mm-hmm. And Ilya Samsonov, who is coming over from the Washington Capitals, uh, they let him walk as a 25-year-old um, starting goaltender. They just let him go because uh, he's had some struggles as well, and he's been performing great as well. So um, those are two of the biggest things. Uh, their defensive play has been has been upgraded. As a team, um, a lot of people like to look at defense like, oh, this team's not good enough at defense. They need to go at a defenseman. Um, but overall, the team defense has really improved over the last couple of years. This year's a really shining example of that. So I'm not going to say it is a different year because every Leaf fan likes to say every year that it's, <laughs> it's a different. It feels different this year, but uh, it's definitely at least a different approach. They've definitely mm-hmm. changed their approach this year, and it's been evident in the style that they've played throughout the season so far. Producer Clark joining me here on the program this afternoon. Look, let's look at the Western Conference. Who stands out to you in the West right now? The West is wild uh, because you know everybody going into the season said, "Well, Colorado's obvious. Like, Colorado's the right. defending champions. Uh, they brought back a, a good chunk of their team. They did lose quite a bit in terms of some of the important pieces that." They lost Nazem Kadri, of course, who was their second-line center, very important important player. They lost a couple of wingers that were impactful, especially in the playoffs. Um, Vegas, though, is the one that's really stood out. And the reason for that, Brian, is not just because they're sitting atop the Pacific Division right now, but it's because they went into the season with a huge question mark. And we just talked about goaltending with the, with the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. They lost their starting goalie for, due to injury before the season even started. Uh, Robin Lehner has been their starter for the last couple seasons and he's had some really big health issues and they just decided that this year he wasn't going to play due to those health issues. Uh, So they essentially had three guys coming into the season. One was a rookie and two were career backup goaltenders. And the rookie was the one that ended up winning the job and he has been fantastic. His name is Logan Thompson. uh, And Mm -hmm. if you don't know him, uh, he came from from the WHL. He played with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Um, coming out uh, at, back in the day when I used to work with the Regina Pats. He was with the yes. Wings. We were kind of rivals there. So that's uh, been an interesting storyline to follow because nobody expected Logan Thompson to be putting up the numbers that he's put up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet here we are uh, halfway through the season and they're t- atop, essentially atop the Western Conference, uh, tied with a couple of teams. So Vegas stands out for me in a big way simply because I think they've probably defeated a lot of people's expectations where ev- – they missed the playoffs last year, and I think a lot of people were thinking, you know what, maybe they're going to struggle again this year. Sorry, they didn't miss the playoffs, but they didn't do well in the playoffs last year. Uh, right. and everyone thought, well, maybe this year they might miss the playoffs because they have a bun- bunch of injury question marks and the goaltending issue. And again, they're sitting atop the Western Conference halfway through the year. Man, the Vegas Golden Knights find a way to 
retool and they're the team they're the team that i'm watching any other teams in the western conference stand out yep yeah absolutely dallas is another one and they're atop the central division right now again everybody thought colorado was going to do it and dallas mm-hmm. is an interesting team because a lot of their important players uh are really over the hill brian and in terms yeah. of hockey um you know the the older players although they're impactful hockey is such a fast sport these days you worry sometimes that some if you get into your later 30s now in the nhl it's mm-hmm. such a young man's league there's a lot of people who are under the age of 30 now in the nhl the average age has decreased over the last i'm going to say decade or so yes um, so with dallas their biggest players jamie ben is their captain he's in his mid to late 30s uh joe pavelski's in his late 30s he's been around mm-hmm. the block a few times tyler sagan now is reaching 30 uh, and that's that's a big chunk of of who they've been, and they they struggled scoring goals the last couple of seasons on and off. Uh, after they made it to the Stanley Cup final, of course, not yeah. that long ago when the COVID thing was going on, they made the Stanley yep. Cup finals. That was yep. Tampa Bay's first championship. And what have they done, Brian? This year, they've scored a ton of goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they they're leading the Central Division. They're leading the Western Conference, I think, actually, or second or third in the Western Conference in goals for. They're shutting teams down with great goaltending and great defense overall. Uh, and Jason Robertson has come out of nowhere and he's in, well, not out of nowhere. He had a decent season last year, but he has really overperformed in terms of what people probably expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jason Robertson's probably an MVP candidate as of today. Uh, and it, you know, this has been a, a kind of a revolutionary season for the stars because I don't think many people expected them to be where they are. And right. now they almost, they're showing a different life. They're showing that they have some pieces there that uh, are maybe better than people thought. So uh, Dallas is for sure in Winnipeg as well, to, if we're going to throw out one more name. Uh, Winnipeg last year was a team I picked to make the playoffs, and they didn't. And mm-hmm. I think a, because of that, a lot of people wrote them off this year and thought, well, they won't make the playoffs if, this year if they didn't last year because their team's essentially the same. Uh, and here they are. Uh, they have, uh, with their new head coach, Rick Bonus, uh, they have definitely over overperformed in terms of, I think, a lot of people's expectations. I think a lot of people in Winnipeg are a little bit excited, a little bit surprised. Uh, and it's just been it's been great to watch to see uh, a team in Winnipeg that was strong for a good five year stretch. They were a very strong team, uh, kind of that team that was always on the edge to make a bit of a playoff run. Right. They, they tried a couple of times. They got pretty deep. They lost a bunch of guys. It's kind of been in flux since. And this year they found something uh, and they're right back into that mix of where a lot of people thought they were going to be last year. Now they're doing it this year. Three teams in the Metropolitan Division and the Eastern Conference, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers, separated yeah. by four points, 57 yeah. for Carolina, 53 for the Rangers. Who do you think winds up taking that division? Well, any of them could. I mean, New Jersey, I think, got off to a really, really hot start, and everybody, I'm going to say most hockey fans were surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, have they been building towards – something like this yeah they've had some decent off seasons they've been drafting pretty high the last few years so they got guys like nico Hishier, who was a number one overall pick jack hughes who was a number one overall pick uh, and they've picked up some guys along the way namely a dougie hamilton who's a top defenseman in the league um, mm-hmm. they've picked up some guys they've added some pieces and they've built an interesting roster a very young talented skillful roster uh, but i think they're probably ahead of schedule in terms of what people maybe thought they would be um, yeah. Now they've struggled in the last little while. Um, in the last ten, they're only five, four, and one. So they went from you know kind of winning seven out of ten games every every you know stretch of games 
to now maybe four or five and they've lost quite a bit more. So mm-hmm. I don't know if new, it's New Jersey's time yet. And especially when you compare them to where Carolina is as an organization and yeah. where even New York is as an organization, they're much farther ahead on that, on that progression plan, if you will. And I think, especially when we talk about New York, I think they're probably ripe for an interesting splashy trade as well. Uh, at some point in the next few weeks before the trade deadline uh, at the beginning of March. So uh, I would say that if we're talking about right now, it's easy to look at Carolina uh, and say, well, you know what, they're they're at the top of the standings. I think New York is going to be the team, in my opinion, that might end up coming out of that division uh, at the top simply because uh, I think, honestly, they've maybe underperformed, even though they have a 23-12-7 record right now, 53 points which is fantastic near the top of the NHL, but I feel like they've almost, they've almost underperformed a little bit this year yeah. uh, in the sense that uh, some of their players maybe aren't having seasons that maybe some people expected them to yet. Um, and I think that they're, they're still kind of working towards what they're fully, uh, what they fully are as a team uh, in, in general. Producer Clark joining me here on the afternoon show, talking all things NHL hockey, Always a pleasure to have you on, my man. I appreciate you. I love you very much. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. And that is going to wrap it up, folks, for this edition of the Brian Snow Show. Thank you all very much. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning into the Brian Snow Show. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. (laughs) 